ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I mean, I'm an oversharer, let's face it. I mean, my last show, for God's sake, I showed the audience an enormous slide of my vulva portrait, Virginia. So is there anything I haven't shared, really? I'm Virginia Trioli, and welcome to You Don't Know Me, the podcast where I ask some of Australia's biggest names seven big questions. When people ask me about retiring from stand-up, I say, it's not retirement, it's an evolution, namaste. This episode, a no-holds-barred conversation with comedian Judith Lucy. A long career in stand-up, but more recently, she's got her own podcast and now a one-woman show, the acclaimed masterpiece by Samuel Beckett called Happy Days. Judith Lucy, welcome. I do have to jump in immediately and say it is a two-hander because my my co-star Hayden Spencer would be a little put out uh, if he heard it referred to as a one-person well, you know show. What? I'm prepared that he can be a little put out because I think from my memory of this very important play, he gets how many words? He gets about five and <laughs> I get the rest. Exactly. So, yes, there is some truth in that. I, I, you know, if people hate the play, Odds are it'll be my fault. I don't think they're going to hang it on the person who said five words. No, I don't think so. So but, that, it's but that's very fair me. of you. But the other thing that has become clear to me, Beckett, I reckon, was born around about the time my parents were, and they too were Irish and very Catholic. And let's just say. Look out, I'm about to use the word resonate. But the part <laughs> does very much resonate with me and it makes me think a lot of my mother in particular. Oh, she's a creature of the theatre now with phrases oh, like resonate. Yes. Uh, but, but there's a very strong through line through your heritage and Beckett's heritage into where you are. Absolutely. And he was a bloody old philandering drunk and so was my father. So, you know, it's all very familiar territory. <laughs> Look, it's just family happy days here. But let's get to some of the questions. Sure. Because you agreed to answer these questions for You Don't Know Me. I did, even though a part of me thought, oh, you do. I mean, I'm an oversharer. Let's face <laughs> it. I mean, my last show, for God's sake, I showed the audience an enormous slide of my vulva portrait, Virginia. So is there anything I haven't shared, really? Well, this will all be a letdown after that, won't it? I don't think we can ever reach those highs, can we? Well, maybe not. <laughs> that portrait is now in Mona, though, not that I'm showing off. Really, in yes, Tasmania? Yes, because Greg Taylor mm. uh, did my portrait and he did the wall in Mona. And then after he did mine, and, you know, I think I'd finished the show even, yeah. he sent me an email and said, oh, do you mind if we pop it up in Mona? And I said, no. So there's a fun game you can play, everyone, next time you're at Mona. Pick the vagina. Exactly, because they don't put your name no, under No, there's it. a wall of vaginas up there. And many a gag has been told by men and women when you look at them, and which one's yours? And mm. how would one even know? Apparently someone did tell me I'm Judith 155. Oh, so right. there you go. Oh. You're welcome, fellas. That's a dead giveaway there. Judith Lucy is with you answering the questions in You Don't Know Me. You'd never know it, but I... Oh, look, as I say, it was hard to come up with anything that people don't know about me. But something that whenever I've brought it up, people have always seemed quite surprised by Virginia is the fact that I was an absolute goody-good at school. I was that unbearable student who was in the debating team, who was the lead in the school play. And what went hand in hand in that, 
with that rather was I was a super super devout Catholic like up until the time I was 16 I was not one of those cool kids who you know when it was time for mass would go and have a smoke or something this is how into it I was Virginia and this is deeply embarrassing in my own time at primary school I would pop into the chapel and just do a bit of liturgical dancing so just dance for God at lunchtime or morning break we are the same generation for liturgical Mm. dancing I I don't think I ever took part in it myself but I remember witnessing it and thinking I have no idea what's going on here no so does that mean that when it was time for confession you actually had stuff to confess not really but I mean we all had that didn't we we had to just make stuff stuff up up because you were what had you done? <laughs> Killed someone? No, of course not. I think, you know, oh, I stole a lolly or something. Yeah, that was always ridiculous. But that's one of the wonderful things about Catholicism, isn't it? That idea of just being born with sin, whether you like it or not. Ex- exactly right. And feeling guilty that you actually didn't have something to confess, just to add to all the other layers oh, of guilt. Catholic was guilt. always a great fallback. Do you still suffer from it? My permanent state. Yeah, same. Yep. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on ridding myself of guilt. You've had an interesting life. And I mean, I, I take the devout Catholic one. I don't know if the fork in the road you almost took was maybe, you know, um, joining a, an order and becoming a nun. But was there a fork in the road in some of the work you've done? Well, I thought this might be an interesting story that probably not many people know. So I'd been doing stand-up comedy for about four years in Melbourne and was doing fine, but wasn't really going anywhere. Like, I'd hit a bit of a wall, so I thought, I'll move to Sydney, just see what happens. Anyway, long story short, there was an ad in the paper for a television program called TV TV. I don't know if you have any memory of this. I don't. It was produced by Simon Townsend, he of the Wonder World. Yes. And I went through the most gruelling audition process you can imagine. It was unbelievable. Simon Townsend told me I should change my name. He said, Judith Lucy will never work as a name. Anyway, the final four was meant to be... Edith Bliss, James Valentine, me and Bernard King. I'm leaving you on the edge of your seat because at exactly the same time, got this call out of the blue saying, would you be interested in being whatever the iteration of Fast Forward was at that time, maybe totally full frontal. Same week... I also get a call from Rob Sitch because I'd done a bit of work with the Degeneration on Triple M and they had done one year of The Late Show and they'd said to me, you know, we just want the original cars for that. So I thought, oh, well, fair enough, that's that. So in one week, I was offered The Late Show, Simon Townsend's TV, TV (laughs) and Totally Full Frontal. I mean, I should have just dropped dead at that point because I've never had that much interest before uh, or since. Never peak early, they say. Well, and yet I did. And I remember reading up my brother and saying oh my god I don't know what to do and he said well don't do the late show that would be a huge mistake (laughs) and just as he was saying that I remember thinking you're an idiot of course I'm (laughs) going to do the late show what am I so there we go and so you did and that of course has gone into history one of the only times in my life Virginia I made the right decision That's a great turning point. What do you think might have happened to your career if you'd gone with Simon Townsend? I'd probably be a radiologist by now. (laughs) (laughs) TV, TV didn't last very long from memory, so I would have thought, oh, well, maybe go back. Maybe finish your degree. That's something to bear in mind. I always, how would you answer that? I have been thinking about this one a lot. 
I always, Virginia, try. I always try really hard, whatever I'm doing. I mean, and so I could be crap as Winnie in Happy Days, but absolutely no, everyone. I'm throwing everything I have at it. I threw everything I had at it when I had a job in Napery in a department <laughs> store when I was 15. If you don't know what Napery is... I'm addicted to Napery. Well, of course you are. You're a woman of the world. You would know Napery. It's tea towels, it's tablecloths, it's important stuff. Napkins, napkins. Oh, when my supervisor, Mrs Cantors, yes, I'll never forget her name, uh, told me I was not cut out for Napery and let me go. <laughs> Devastated. Devastated. So yes, whatever I'm doing, when I was a sandwich hand, I gave it 110%. <laughs> what I could do with a chicken schnitzel would make your head spin. Well, look, this is the Catholic girly swat in you that's really never gone away. And um, and I'm looking at someone who I think might relate to that a little bit. Listen, just because I like napkins, I love napkins. I, I cannot... I cannot go anywhere without coming away with another pile of napkins. A country, really? you know, a country town, a little stay somewhere. I'll find the shop, I'll find the local haberdashery, and I will invariably find a set of eight to ten napkins that I just is have to have. Is it a love of linen? Yes, what I, is it? I do love linen. I do love it. Do you have a favourite set? It's hilarious. I got a great set. Um, where was it? Where was the town again? I can't remember. Somewhere in central Victoria. Beautiful set of very deep olive green linen napkins. Mm. They're just lovely. And crisp and so nicely folded and I got them out the other night for friends <laughs> I actually found myself saying okay and they went oh beautiful and napkin I said yes great now give them back <laughs> you look at them it's fine they're just there for a moment now give them back now here are the napkins are going to use really yeah I, I couldn't I couldn't bear for them to actually get any food or grease stains on these beautiful you napkins. know something's wrong with you don't you you know that's not normal behavior I know Okay, okay. I'm it's just right. saying what the listeners are thinking. No, no, I know. I can live with that. But they're lovely napkins. <laughs> you, you're, allowed to, you're allowed to come around and have a look at them. Oh, just don't you. touch them. This is like my mother, Anne Lucy. You know, you'd <laughs> give her things and she'd wrap them in glad wrap and put them in a cupboard and say, that's just for good and you'd never see them again. I have oceans of just for good. It's wow. really, yeah, I know, it's terrible. We'll talk about that another time. What about I never... Shop at Aldi. And now I need to stress here that this is not Aldi's oh dear. fault. Poor Aldi. But no, it's... I'm not allowed to mention brand names here. Uh, well, that store. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know what it is about me, but if I feel like I've left something too late, watching the film The Sound of Music is another example, although Peter Hellyer forced me to watch it for a movie podcast that he does, mm. I will simply go, oh, well, that ship sailed. I'll never watch The Sound of Music. And I found myself walking past an Aldi the other day and thought... Yeah, isn't it interesting how I've never, ever set foot in an Aldi? I never will. <laughs> so there you go. There's no logic in it. You're stubborn and you're rigid. Is that what you're saying? Terribly so. And I'm 55 now. Imagine what change. I'll be like when I'm 80. Oh, don't become a curmudgeon. Aren't you afraid of becoming one of those curmudgeonly old women? I, I don't actually like am. that. I actually am. I really don't. Have they ever asked you to be on that, what is it, the um, the grumpy old men and the grumpy old women TV no, shows? Have you been on no. those? No, and I, I don't think even if someone asked me, I don't think I would. I don't want to be grumpy. Mm. I want to be open, Virginia. <laughs> I want to be organic. I want to keep, you know, like growing. I, exactly. You're going to use the word growing exactly. word. Exactly. And, you know, it's when people ask me about retiring from stand up, I say, it's not retirement, it's an evolution. Namaste. Oh, namaste. Mm. Do you like many comedians? Are there comedians who you follow and enjoy? Oh, God, absolutely. Well, name no, a couple for me who not, you're enjoying right now. You know, unsurprisingly, obviously, I know a lot of comedians. Of course. And so, um, well, I, 
how can I not say Denise Scott, of course, who is currently filming Mother and Son, and will do an amazing job. That's a nice reboot. That's a good idea with It's her. a great idea. Yeah. If anyone can step into Ruth Cracknell's shoes, yeah. it is Denise bloody Scott, True. I can assure you. Yep. I'm a little biased when it comes to the ladies, obviously. That's but, all right. um, but honestly, I think Australia has a ridiculous amount of talent. Barry Humphreys has, of course, just recently died and the comedy festival, I think I'm fair to say, got itself into a bit of a pickle about wanting to change the name of that prize and they had their reasons why and that's fine. But now, of course, wants to commemorate his great legacy. Can they have it both ways? Where's the complexity around this? I think they can. And look, no one, absolutely no one is denying what a giant Barry Humphreys was, what an extraordinary talent, incredible comedian, incredible intellect. Uh, But that doesn't mean that you also have to agree with everything he said and I certainly didn't and like many people I found his views about the transgender community really troubling so I think that the comedy festival absolutely did the right thing in 2019 Um, and I have absolutely no doubt that they and my industry will commemorate you know one of our as I say, giants. I I don't know how they're going to do that Mm. at this stage, but I have no doubt that they will. And his legacy, no one is hurting that legacy. And, you know, he'll be remembered for a very long time. Have you and Dame Edna ever been in the same room together? That would be be some duo. I will say that when I first started the first few years, I used to get a lot that I sounded a lot like Dame Edna. And it was a double-edged sword, Virginia, because, of course, on the one hand, I'd go, well, you know, my God, one of my heroes back then especially. And um, then I would go, wow, I'm a 20-year-old girl and apparently I sound like (laughs) a middle-aged man in a dress. But, you know, take it where you can get it. Well, exactly right. The time I got it terribly wrong was... Well, I was tempted to go with uh, when I tried working on commercial radio, but um, I will probably go with something that unfortunately is a lot sadder. I got it very wrong when my father and I had a falling out and my father was one of those men, and I don't think he was alone in terms of men of that generation. Dad would not have known an apology if it leapt up and hit him in the head. So he just never said sorry. And so with my father, if you fought with him, and we all did, you either had to pretend it had never happened or you had to apologise. And Dad, well, look, he disowned me by facts, uh, which was very early 90s of him. (laughs) And I dug my heels in. I absolutely thought, no, this time I am going to wait for him to come to his senses. And my brother backed me up and he was like, he got in touch with Dad and he said, Dad, stop being a bully. And if you don't start talking to Judith and make this right, you know, I'm not going to speak to you. You won't see your grandson. Anyway, of course, he dropped dead of a heart attack. So, uh, yeah. With the wisdom of hindsight, kind of wish I had. You do wish? Yeah, of course. Mm. I was devastated mm. when Dad died and we weren't speaking because of, he was my dad. I yeah. loved him. I mean, you know, he was a bit of an asshole, but um, he was my dad. <laughs> so, yes, I regretted that. And my mum died 10 months after that. So it was not a great That's couple a of hard years. Time. Yeah. So I was really just drunk for two years, but um, I came out the other side of it. And, and I came out the other side of it, and thank you, therapy as well. 
I do believe my father loved me. I'm sure he knew I loved him. But, yeah, boy, if I could do that over, if I would do it differently. Well, look, m- maybe the, the good that comes from a really hard time is that there, are, there will be people listening in exactly your situation right now, Judith, and maybe two hard-headed, stubborn oh, types Virginia. who need someone to bang them together. I have said this many, many times to people who aren't speaking to members of their family. Mm. I've just said, just suck it up. Up because let me tell you, there'll come a time when you really wish you had just said, I'm sorry. Judith Lucy, how Thank you-, you and you're welcome to the people <laughs> listening whose lives I have just made a little bit better. Yes, you can send the checks to Judith Lucy. We'll pass them on if you want to send them here. What about this one? It's a small thing, just a little thing, but I'm still so proud that I... Virginia, I was one of those children who had a terribly overprotective mother, so she just never let me do sport. She never let me go to swimming lessons. You know, if I did (coughs) that in the morning, I had pneumonia and was about to die. (laughs) So I am still very proud of coming third in the sack race in grade four at the the school sports day. Oh, good on you, Judith. Although I don't know why I didn't come first. There may have been some sack tampering. I will never know. The fix was in. Yeah, I think it was. But I... I still have that little third oh, ribbon. <laughs> Isn't that sad? No. But I really do. That's not sad. That's lovely. When you revealed to your mother that you actually took part in the race, did she immediately take you off to the doctor? Oh, no, she was there. <gasps> so Supporting she, you? Yes. Um, in fact, I think my whole family was there, which was, again, <laughs> almost unheard of. I mean, Dad didn't even know what year I was in. He really did turn to my best friend's father one day at a school assembly and said, do you have any idea what year the girls are in? So Dad was a little <laughs> removed from, well, real life. But no, they were all there. She believed in you a yes. little bit. And you believed in yourself. Judith Lucy, our final question today is, my secret pleasure or my guilty pleasure is... No guilt, absolutely none. Um, Virginia, I think you can probably tell by looking at me. I love to dance. <laughs> I am one of those people who, you know, I'll have a few wines in my living room, pop on a bit of Lizzo, have a dance and think I'm amazing. You know, I'll catch sight of myself in the glass sliding yep. door and think, why was I never a professional? <laughs> I really have some moves here. So, yeah, I love to dance. And my partner hates it. So I'm one of those frustrated it's, women it's who might have song. to... It's the disco song, oh, I love to love, but my baby just loves to dance. Very much. Right, yeah. So I think I'll be taking myself off to, you know, some salsa lessons or something. <laughs> Get him along. Go on. I'll give it a try. He's very adamant about it, though. No, a stubborn person has met another stubborn I person. I believe so. Knock me down with a feather. Yes. You Don't Know Me is presented by me, Virginia Trioli. It's produced by Joe Sullivan and Jules Hay with audio production by Michael Black. Coming up next time, he's one of my stable mates here at the ABC, so I think I know him, and you might think you know him too, but do you really? And I just had this moment of clarity. I I realised this is never going to make me happy. Charlie Pickering is my guest for You Don't Know Me. Follow us now on the ABC Listen app so you don't miss out, and thanks for listening. Judith Lucy, and I'm overwhelmed and dying. 
After my brother died and a particularly bad breakup, I couldn't really see the point of anything. And every time I opened a news app, I burst into tears. So I decided to make a podcast to help me cry less and feel better about the world. Who wouldn't want to listen to that? Judith Lucy, Overwhelmed and Dying. Hear it now on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.